Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Grandin Group presents The Lockbox, brought to you by Arizona's number one brother and sister real estate team, The Grandin Group. So, another hot summer day, and we have our great co-host here, Angela. How's it going? Hey, it's good. How are you? How's the Hendricks team doing these days with VIP Mortgage? We're doing really well. You're right. It is hot out there. Uh, lots of people are refinancing and trying to get into some new homes, so it's been busy and well, so Fine. school just ended. Yes. And, um, you know, all the kids are on break and stuff like that. And so I've been getting emails. People are like, well, we know you're a real estate show, but you bring on these great guests. Yes. And are we talking about real estate? And we're like, yeah, we talk about real estate. So yeah. for those of you that emailed, uh, we're going to talk about real estate real quick here. So many of the kids are graduated from school, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, it's time for them to go to college. So when you build wealth, I don't think you need to be 25, 30 years old. I think you should start building wealth when you get out of school. Absolutely. And you agree? So yeah. one of the things we like to promote, and I know you guys have helped us with a ton of it, the Brandon Hendricks Group, mm -hmm. is the Kitty Condo Program. Yeah. So kid just graduates from college or high school, going to college. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to understand why somebody would want to let them rent a house. With the mortgage rates the way they are, wouldn't they be better off buying a three-bedroom house, let's say $300,000? Mm -hmm. What would that mortgage be? Um, you know, Roughly. really it just, it just depends. Um, you know, we're like 1500. Yeah. So 1500 bucks. So wouldn't they be better renting the three bedroom, give the kid the master bedroom. He rents a couple rooms to his buddies. And yes. after four years, he hasn't paid a dime. They can sell the house and there's going to be appreciation yeah, on the it's house. It's an investment. Absolutely. Um, yeah, you're paying so much in college, right? Why not get some of that money back? No, exactly. <laughs> yeah. and, and we've seen people where they've actually paid a lot of their student debt down mm -hmm. from buying a home. So exactly. for those of you that are out there listening, this is something to consider if you're thinking about sending your kid to school. Don't waste a ridiculous amount of money on these dorms or renting, even though we do have instantrenters.com and sometimes it makes sense. But for the most part, when we're talking about building wealth, I think we might be better off maybe purchasing a house. Absolutely. If you can do it, do it. The sooner you get in and you start making those investments, uh, the better off you're going to be in the long term. Now, you guys can help. Most 18-year-olds don't have the credit to buy a house, but the parents can buy, correct? Correct. Yep. And, and the kid can get the credit um, by adding them on the loan? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. We can work that out. Um, you know, people get all types of loans, so we would just work out a situation that works best for them and and yeah, everybody gets, it's a win-win. So, so the reason we bring this up today is it's a perfect lead-in. So last week, I had an opportunity to meet this incredible, I'm telling you, girls, you're going to love this guy, by the way, absolutely incredible 18-year-old, all right? I'm and shocked he's 18. I know, so I, same I, here, I'm, same yeah. here. So everybody, uh, Chaz Keller. Thank you for having me on. So Chaz, you grew up in Arizona? I did. I'm a native. Fantastic. Angela's yeah, a native. I'm a native. Myself. What's one of the great things you love about this state? Well, you know, I do love it, but I am ready to leave. I think it's important that every kid becomes uncomfortable as early as possible. That's how you learn the most. Yeah, what do you mean by become uncomfortable? Are you going to college? I am. I'm going to TCU in Fort Worth. Fantastic. So when you say uncomfortable, is this going to be uncomfortable for you? Well, I, I wouldn't say that, but putting themselves in situations where opportunities can arise. So getting out of your hometown, um, taking that coffee date, you know, coming on the podcast, doing everything you possibly can to meet as many influential people as you possibly can is always a great option. So, so one of the things that I found super impressive, 18 years old. Now, we've had some younger uh, people on the show that yeah. have started Sprouts and stuff yeah. like that. So Chaz started a uh, new company that's going to be launching here pretty soon, a podcast called Chasing Capitalism. 
That's Jack, correct. What's this about? So essentially the purpose of this podcast is bringing the knowledge um, of the leaders of today to the generation of tomorrow and teaching kids to play the long game. So in my opinion, my gripe to pick with high school, and I can say this now that I've graduated, and I'm assuming college, is that school teaches you to work for money instead of having money work for you. It's called passive income. And so this, along with many other concepts of financial literacy and just concepts of money in general, is not taught in school, and oftentimes not taught in homes either. So what my mission is, is to bring this knowledge to the generation of today, and also for past generations. You know, it's not limited to minors and people under 18, but to provide them with a platform that is enjoyable to listen to, because let's face it, most kids aren't going to have the willpower to pick up a book. And also, you know, with the intention of giving them the knowledge that they need to be financially successful. So a lot of kids will go to school to learn how to gain job security and comfort within working for money. Um, what I want to do is teach kids to have the right tool set to have their money work for them while still chasing a career path that they love. And not only that, but to chase a career path that they can own. You want to be a doctor? Great. Own your own clinic. Have that mindset instead of working for a hospital. So in my opinion, the best way to make money is by owning something. And there are a lot of different ways to skin a cat and a lot of different things you can own. Yeah, that's great. So one of the things we talked about the other day is you don't need to be a mega millionaire to be rich. So no, how, how are you defining wealthy or rich? Well, rich and wealth are two different terms. So a lot of people will look and say if they have $5 million, they're rich. Well, let's take a look at how they live. It's similar to examining a balance sheet. So a lot of people could have an apartment or you know a cash cow and say, well, yes, I'm, I'm earning a healthy income from this. And my response to that would be, well, what are your expenses? So it's important to look at both sides of the spectrum, I think, and um, do a lot of evaluating before you decide what is really profitable and the right business decision for you. So as an 18-year-old, right? And, and I'm not discounting that because I think this is incredible. Not at all. I think it's great. I, I, it's fantastic. Um, in high school, you're obviously a little more advanced as far as thinking for the future than sure. a lot of the kids. How, how, does, how does that work for you? Well, it starts by having great parents. You know, I, I think everything about market psychology I've learned from my father, and I picked up a book um, here and there as well, but also surrounding yourself with the people you want to be like. I think that's one of the most important things you can do from a young age is, you know, like I said, taking those coffee dates with the businessmen that you look up to. And uh, after I read, uh, I forget which book it was, but they had the idea of going up to someone and saying, I like what you do. I want to learn what you've learned over your life experience. Let me work for you for free. And so that's exactly what I did uh, about six to eight months ago at a wealth management firm by the name of Clear Direction Investments. Amazing people working there. It was a, a four-man operation from the day-to-day -day, uh, speaking standpoint of things. And, you know, being able to sit down and uh, just learn one-on-one -on -one from somebody that is already in the business and has the experience, in my opinion, is the best way to do it. Anybody can fall asleep during a presentation. The best way to learn is to spend money and lose money and learn from your experience because that hurts the most and that's when you'll pay attention the most. So you got a lot of this from your parents. Definitely. So what was it like growing up? Um, you know, well, I like to say, uh, as you guys were discussing with your real estate game and teaching kids about uh, the logic of apartment and debt and equity versus debt, um, I'm sorry, could you, could you repeat the question again? Yeah, so gr growing up in Arizona, it kind of puts you, you know, a lot of the kids in high school are wanting to go out and party and right, hang out right, and stuff. Right, so for me, it's all about finding the right balance. Um, and everybody's balance is different. But uh, what I was getting at is that you guys are talking about, you know, getting kids out of college, transitioning into the real world, and as well, high school into college getting the, the right financial skill set. And in my opinion, you know, although you guys are right for saying that, 
I believe it could be better. I believe by the time you've graduated high school, it's already too late. You already have a high school checking account. You're already making online purchases. You already have that basic understanding of what money is and how it works. And the problem with that is it's not the right understanding. A lot of people view money as a tangible item that uh, comes in and out. But in my opinion, the most important thing to have is the knowledge of what to do with money. And the reason for that is even if you don't have money, like I said, you don't need money to make money, if you have the right knowledge to obtain money through you know, setting up tax benefits through corporations and reading a lot of books, like I said, the money doesn't matter. You can make money out of nothing if you have the right knowledge. So I think, uh, like I said, I got my first financial lesson when I was 11 years old on an Amtrak train. I bought my first shares of a company, which was Disney at the time. And uh, my dad was explaining the concept of the stock market to me, and it instantly clicked when I said, oh, well, I can buy a part of a company that I like and that I love. And he goes, well, yes. And I said, well, it's Disney publicly traded. And he said, yeah, it is. So uh, we logged on, uh, bought my first shares of a company, which was Disney, like I said. And you know, for me, that'll always remain in my portfolio as a reminder to if I ever do have a family and kids to do the same thing and also do stuff like I'm doing right now with chasing capitalism is to provide that knowledge as early as possible um, and not only try and convince them, but at least get their mind thinking and asking why. I think asking why is the most important thing. And so what age do you think kids should really start just kind of taking a look? I mean, obviously, you know, a six-year-old's not going to be like, oh, I want to think about my future. Yeah. But, I mean, where do you think this should start? Well, I don't think it has to start with specific terms. I think there are a lot of good examples that can be applied. So if, you, if any of you have ever read the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad, um, he talks about a board game that he invented similar to Monopoly. So if you look around in this world, after you learn to you know, seek opportunity and everything, you view, you view everything with a different standpoint. So you see an apartment building, you wonder you know, what the balance sheet of that looks like, whereas people say, oh, that's a place to live. So I think starting to learn how to look for opportunities um, that are not common is the biggest thing you can do for your kid. And also teaching them uh, about money without necessarily talking about money. So the concept of owning something. Um, or even taxation. So an example I always hear is, here, have this ice cream, but I'm going to eat half of it. This is what the government does. Why is this bad? How can I avoid it? How do you keep all of your ice cream? Do you want to keep all your ice cream? So there are, there are a lot of things you can institute in a child's life um, that I think will ultimately build a good set of financial literacy. Angela, we're gonna take the, you're going to take your kids for ice cream tonight? I, I don't know. I, think, I can't wait for the podcast to come out because I have a 12-year-old. So everything you're speaking, I'm like, okay, here, let's get her on this train. <laughs> let's, well, and, yeah. and, that's, and that's one of the big things with, um, high, well, with everybody yeah. these days all the way is everybody wants the now. So how do, how do you address the issue of like, I see this right. car, I want it now. I right. see this shirt, I want it now. Right. So I'd say probably the second, uh, I shouldn't say second, but one of the, another one of the very first financial lessons I ever learned from my father was an Ibbotson chart. And so that compares, you know, a conglomerate of different stocks, small cap, large cap, treasury bills, government bonds, all tied to inflation. And so it basically charts um, the, the spending value of the dollar over 100 years, it starts in 1926 and ends 100 years later. And so on the chart, you can see small cap trumps every other uh, possible statistic in the stock market. And ultimately, it ends up at about $33,000. So having the mindset of planting seeds over time is an analogy that was just uh, taught to me on the podcast, actually. And that's the great thing. We have a lot of CEOs and important people and business owners coming on that even I learn a lot from. So... <laughs> It's a learning experience for everybody, but I think uh, you know the ethos of the podcast and what we're trying to teach and what you guys try to teach as well is learning to play the long game and learning that you know work will eventually pay off over time if you are consistent with your investment mission statement and not only that, but business mission statement. 
So it, being 18 years old, have you seen, with what you're doing with uh, Chasing Capitalism, have you seen any downfalls or hurdles that you're just like, man. And then with that said, if you have, how does a preteen or teenager get over a hurdle that can be devastating? Right. So actually a better example for this question would be the first company I started, which was Phoenix Golf Carts. I was 14 years old. Um, I told my mother I wanted my own golf cart. I couldn't drive yet. My dad is a big car guy, as you guys know. And I wanted my own golf cart. It was the next best thing. And to keep things short, eventually that turned into her gifting me one that was worn down kind of halfway as a joke, but I loved it. It was awesome. And I, you know, tuned it up, sold it, uh, lost money, bought another one instead, sold that one, lost even more money. And like I said, losing money is the best teacher. Um, and then I sold my third one and I flipped a profit for the first time, which was a pretty healthy profit, actually. And so from then, that expanded to me ultimately flipping about 30 to 35 golf carts and working at about 5 to 10 at a time, uh, which my father actually built me a shop for in our backyard. So I think, like I said, the best learning experience is losing money and actually getting that real-world experience in from a young age when you can afford it. So what are you telling the young, younger people that they lose and they just give up? No, no, not at all. I mean, I, I don't think anybody would tell you that. No, I mean, no what, do you, what do you tell them? Um, you know, for me, it's... Find something that you love, do what you love, and you will be successful. And the reason for that is when I was working on this golf cart um, and the you know fourth or fifth golf cart for that matter, I never had the idea of turning it into a business. I simply wanted the perfect golf cart to ride around with all my friends, pretend I had a car, you know, have the full nine yards. And eventually I realized, well, if I'm making money on this, why don't I just do it all the time? And so I think, you know, the first thing that is most important for any young entrepreneur or kid for that matter is find something that you love. And then ask yourself, how can I build a business out of this thing that I love? And secondly, how can I own that business of something that I love? So this would kind of go into the same thing for kids that are getting their first job. What would you tell somebody who's like, hey, I want to go work at Chick-fil-A for my first job? I mean, this can be a, a great ladder into something. Great. No, it's fantastic. So uh, my first formal employment was at Pump It Up, which is a trampoline park. And the reason I took the job was to have the experience of working for money. So uh, I quote this book a lot. I'm a big fan of his. As he says in Rich Dad, Poor Dad, um, a lot of kids see, seek job security and think that earning more money and working for more money under somebody else's entity will eventually grant them the happiness and platform that they desire. And the answer to that is no. If you give yourself a price, you will have, you will have a price and you will never have fulfillment. So I think it's important for every kid to at least have one you know, low-level job that pays something near minimum wage and understand that uh, the perspective is huge of the difference of a business owner of the Chick-fil-A franchise versus the person that's flipping the patties, you know, and having that perspective and understanding, okay, well, this is why I work for this person. Why am I making this person rich when I could work my way up and own this franchise and own something and then have that passive income coming into my wallet instead? So one of the big things, as you know, I think we've talked about on other shows, I used to produce concerts. Right. And I also ran the biggest Battle of the Bands out here in Arizona for years. And one of the things that would always get to me was the bands would come on, and day one, they maybe just started, but they wanted to be treated like a rock star. They were like, oh, oh. you know, give us our green room, and I know that uh, some of the producers here know what I'm talking about. So, <laughs> you know, that's a big hurdle. And so, and I think parents have a big thing to do with a lot of uh, kids' success. But what do you tell somebody your age that, hey, you know what, it's not going to be, maybe it will be for some of them, that, that rare find, mm -hmm. but what do you tell somebody that 
wants to get right to the top and they need to learn how to well, I, I think, climb that ladder. I think if anybody thinks that way, they need a humbling experience. Um, and like I said, no better way to do that than to work for minimum wage, which is why I did it. I mean, I, I wore the neon shirt. I had, I had puke. I had to clean up once or twice. <laughs> Um, if I'm being honest, but um, yeah, no, I, I think it's great. I think every kid should have that perspective as long as they keep, you know, the ultimate goal in mind and understanding why they don't want to do this and why they don't want to work in a corporate enterprise and work for money. And, you know, I shouldn't say that because there are a lot of important roles in society. We have teachers, doctors, lawyers that society revolves around and we need those people. And at the end of the day, if you do what you love, I'm happy with that. You know, as long as you do what you love, you're not dragging your feet at your nine to five and you're happy with your clients that you work with. That is great. Because the reality is only 1% of people are leaders and only 1% of people are CEOs and only 1% of people own, you know, 99% of the wealth. And the reason for that is not because of their financial literacy and their knowledge as much as I preach about it, but it's about their ability to communicate with people. And I think a great book for anybody to read, any age, it's very easy to understand, is Dale Carnegie's uh, Winning Friends and Influencing People. I actually just finished it myself. And uh, it just kind of gives a lot of comparative study into human psychology and how the best business owners came to be where they're at. And the answer is almost never financial literacy. It's about how they deal with people. So, so you have a podcast coming out. Are you, why don't you tell everybody the name of it and how sure. they can find it when it gets launched? Sure. So uh, currently we're backlogging episodes. It should launch sometime in November, December, but don't quote me on that. The name of it is Chasing Capitalism. And the main point of it is, like I said, to bring the uh, knowledge of the leaders of today to the generation of tomorrow. Um, and so... If you have any kid that's in high school and, you know, they want to be a marine biologist, you know, a scientist, a lawyer, like I said, a doctor, any career path or even own their own career path. Um, for me, I found that without an audience, even just me sitting down with these important people and CEOs and, you know, Republican billionaire types, it's, it's always great to get that additional perspective of, you know, how did you get here? Why did you get here? Um, and the biggest thing that I've kind of taken away from it so far with the few episodes that we've shot is that wealth is not a goal. It's a byproduct. It's a byproduct of doing what you love. And like I said, if you do what you love, if you flip golf carts, you know, if you flip patties, if you own a joint, you know, you will be successful. And, and, and you're not defining wealth as how much money? No, because, you know, the reality is you could be worth $100 million, but what happens if you spend $5 million a year? You know, that'll be gone like that. Exactly. And of course I say that, you know, it, and your money should continue to um, increase because you want to buy as many assets as possible and never take your foot off the gas pedal. And I think it's important to realize that when I say you want to create an asset, that is not the end-all be-all. You should want that asset to buy other assets and therefore have that sense of compounding and ownership in different companies and entities. So the, um, how did you get to be where you knew you, had to, you went out Friday night, but you had to be up Saturday morning to work? I've had a few of those. So it's tough. So perseverance is huge. Sure. In this um, field. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, you know, I, I've said this so much today, but it's doing what you love. So, you know, sometimes I'll wake up tired. I stayed out too late the night before, but it's a matter of I owe it to myself. I owe it to the media, media team. I owe it to the guest. And, uh, you know, I owe it to everybody else that is, is going to be learning from this podcast. So I think having the willpower to do what you love will be what gets you out of bed in the morning. See, Angela, this is what we have in Arizona. I love it. These, yeah, at 18 years old, I'm... I can't no, believe it's, it. It's, super it's incredible. It, you could be 28, 38, 48. I mean, this is super impressive. Thank you. So no, good it job. Is, it is. Yeah. So how can people reach out to you for those that want to watch the podcast and maybe reach out to you via email or phone or however? Definitely. Um, so my email for work is chaz at chasingcapitalism.com, which we just created, by the way. And um, as far as the podcast goes, it will be streaming on YouTube, Spotify, possibly Apple Music. Um, and once again, don't quote me on all that, but definitely YouTube. It's a video podcast. 
Uh, we like to have the laid back setting so you guys can get the most out of it. But are, are you going to continue this while you're in college? So the reason why we're backlogging so much is because we're going to release it seasonally. So the entirety of season one will be about 10 to 15 episodes, probably closer to 10. Um, and every time I'm home for, you know, whether it be a Christmas break, a summer, we're going to backlog another season. And so then our media guy will go back and edit that and then eventually release it probably a month or two later. So you can expect a new season coming out every six months or so. No, that is fantastic. I'm looking I, forward to it. Angela, I told you we, you're going to be yeah. super impressed with, uh, yeah. with Chaz here and stuff. Well, so, you know, for those of you that are looking to build wealth, these are the kind of people you want to talk to. And nobody's out of reach. It seems to right. me that a lot of the real successful people are pretty accessible if you want to talk to them. Absolutely. And I highly recommend you know, get out there and talk to them and pick their brains. The big thing though, and I'm telling a lot of kids because they'll come over and talk, yeah. zip it. Let them talk and that's how you learn. Would, mm -hmm. would you agree? There's a big difference between hearing and listening and you should so be doing the latter. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. So, Chaz, thanks for coming on the show today. Thank you so it's much. Fantastic. So, hey, it's a hot market out here and this is the kind of stuff that you're going to see in Arizona when you move here. Yep. Angela, Incredible. anything else you want to add to? Uh, no, gosh, I don't think so. If you are looking to buy uh, or refinance, you can always call us uh, 623-979-5523 or reach us at Hendrick Team at VIPMTGINC.com. But really, I just really enjoyed this episode. Thank you, Angela. You, you're very, very impressive. Nice Keep it up. Yeah. Thank you. No, it is impressive. Very In fact, impressive. when I take my son for ice cream tonight, I'm going to be, do you want that whole ice cream? I am doing that, oh, I'm going to take half of it. Yeah. Let's do it. That'll be <laughs> Let's great. Let's do it. Great. So, hey, everybody, thanks again for watching another episode of The Grandin Group. We presented the lockbox to you. We'll see you next episode.